What do you do when you're facing challenges to remember that God is all there is? How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Say Yes to Spirit. My name is Tracy. My name is Leslie. And we get together to remind each other to say yes to spirit, and we invite you to come along with us. Thank God for you, Tracy Brown. <laughs> Every week we have a theme for our show, and this week the theme is conflict. <laughs> Love it, Tracy Brown. Conflict. Saying yes to spirit in conflict. Isn't that going to be a fascinating conversation? Maybe, if we're lucky. (laughs) But before we dive into our theme for the week, we always take a moment to connect the dots. And last time our theme was mind and body. And this time our theme is conflict. And the, the... Connect the Dots theme music is playing. Otherwise known as Leslie's theme music. Well, yeah, I've always wanted too. a theme song with a cuckoo clock in it. I think it's particularly telling. Um, connecting the Dots, you know, what immediately comes to mind is that conflict only exists in my mind with little m and my body. That's, uh, last week's show talked about mind and body and soul. And we kind of talked about those three together, and um, I don't, I can't imagine that conflict exists if I'm living purely out of my spirit or my soul or my mind with a capital M. So my connected us would be that conflict does not exist in the, I mean, only exists in the mind with little M and body. So uh, last week did we talk about not going there or not being in the little M in the body? Or did we say we had to be since we're in the human flesh? Um, I, yeah, <laughs> I don't think it's possible for us to completely <laughs> divorce ourselves from the, from the lowercase m or the flesh uh-huh. as, as we are having our human experience. Ah. But we do always have a choice about whether we allow it to run our yeah. lives. Yeah, there you go. But if we kill it... <laughs> Then we're not. We are no longer in the game. Right in, in, in this game. In this game, that's true. And that's that's all. That is always a choice or yes, an option. Without a doubt, I'm fully aware of that choice. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, it will be interesting to look at how um, you know perhaps we'll discover that conflict is a choice as well. Oh, now that's provocative. <laughs> but that will be part of our conversation today. Um, as we discuss this theme of conflict. So having connected the dots, let's take a little one-minute break. We'll come back and talk about conflict on Say Yes to Spirit.
I think today on Say Yes to Spirit is conflict, absolutely conflict. And, uh, you know, it is interesting. So if you have um, listened to us for a while, you know that sometimes our themes are obviously spiritual. <laughs> soul. Soul or prayer or, yeah. And other times you, you <laughs> kind of cock your head to the side and go, really? Really? Say yes to spirit and conflict? So two <laughs> things don't seem to go together. But when we talk about say yes to spirit, we believe that there's nothing that really can happen outside the circle of God. And so there has to be this thread that runs through anything and everything we experience in our lives that is somehow connected to spirit. So either spirit is guiding it or guiding us through it, Mm -hmm. and spirit is showing up in all that is good and all that is contrast or different from good um, is leading us to good. Mm. So... Therefore, we can talk about conflict, or maybe even what does saying yes? How does saying yes to spirit help you deal with the conflict you experience mm. in your human experience? So, are you going with the premise that we must have conflict at some point or another in our human experience? Is that a uh, part of the game? Oh, I don't know. Let me think. Eckhart totally has conflict. I believe that there is conflict in Eckhart Tolle's life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think that he owns it. Or experiences it as conflict? Oh, yeah. I think he does and immediately recognizes it as conflict and releases ah, it into right. the divine flow. What is, the, what is yeah. this? What am I supposed to be right. seeing, learning, right. Right. observing from this? And then he transforms it into a spiritually grounded experience. So... He would not say conflict with the angst. I guess that he would not say conflict with the angst that most of us say conflict. And then we think, I've got to take a side, and they're against me, and this is a problem. But um, I would venture to say that he's aware. He he just doesn't get trapped into it. You know, that reminds me, you know, working at the jail, 64 women living in an opened area with no walls, no doors. And, you know, of course, that means the bathrooms and the showers. And and just 64, you know, women. You can imagine the potential for conflict or emotional rubs. And often I will tell the women to when they come to me with this incredibly once in a lifetime, it's just the worst thing that could possibly be happening, and I need to, you to see how stupid this other person is. Kind of story, I tell them to look at it like a movie, to put it up on a screen, and just kind of detach themselves ever so slightly from the experience itself, and and to and to not to not you know be a part of it. And a friend of mine recently. This is a great bumper sticker. She uh, she told me she said, uh, "Don't bite the hook." Yeah, I isn't like that, that great? So there's hooks, you know. <laughs> the women in the jail would say it's the devil, but you know, there's hooks. There's human experiences. There's human fobbles. There's fears. There's anxieties. There's all these kind of hooks around. And my choice is: Am I going to bite that? Am I going to go there? Am I going to take that? Or am I going to just sit back and go, man? I love you. I, I see the truth of you, and I'm not going to bite that hook. I'll be right here. I'll be I'll be right here, but I'm not going to bite that hook. And, um, and I that's, love that. Uh, and only through biting the hook do I think then I get in conflict, and that is my choice. Do I bite, do I? So I do think conflict is a choice. Ultimately, in, yeah, oh, yeah, everything's a choice. Ultimately, ultimately, Tracy. Well, I think conflict is, uh-huh. and the choice is how we respond to it. Well, if I feel, like you said with that cartel, if whether I get the energy of conflict right. in Whether me. I bite the hook. Right, yes, right. So conflict occurs because you have people with different experiences and ideas oh. and preferences and all of that, and it looks as if they're 
Well, it, it, it is that those things are in conflict with one another. So do I bite the hook and say my way is the only way or the best way or the right way without even attending to there may be some value in what you're saying? Um, ultimately, in the human experience, I do have to make it. I may have to make a decision. And I think there's a way to make a decision, to make a choice with that looks like it's in conflict, but really having taken into consideration all sides. Right. And so then at that point, I'm not standing in conflict. I am standing in, you know, yes, this is what I'm, this is where I stand in this circle. And I can really value and hear where you're standing. We're just not standing in the same place. That doesn't make you bad or wrong or horrible or any of that. It just means that I am standing at a different place around this circle of God. My place doesn't get to be better. I want my place to be better, higher, you know, looking down on the other. No, no, not so much. (laughs) You can choose that. But I'm not going to choose that. Um, but that does sometimes come up, you know, it's an, it's an interesting fine line to be able to say I see everything and in, in, in I'm not in agreement with and to not seem as if it's by saying that that we're in conflict, that we can be not in agreement and still be both right. Well, and, you know, we have a bad thing in in Western culture at least um, of saying, well, we'll just agree to disagree. That's fantastic. But we do that with a huff in our voice and right. attitude, like, right. we'll just, I just agree, or we'll just agree to disagree, um, but I'm right. Or we'll oh, agree to disagree, and you can be wrong. Yes. You know? <laughs> That's right. Uh, there's still that sense that we are not one, mm-hmm. and that we can have... And I guess this is where all the work I've done for decades now around diversity and inclusion really mm-hmm. helps me mm-hmm. understand, not just in my mind but in my actions, mm-hmm. that it really is possible to choose to make a decision or a choice, understanding that everyone doesn't agree with it, and to hear the other voices and either change the decision or not, but it's not a it's not a battle. Even when the people who are disagreeing or the person who is disagreeing really they may not be happy. And so I think just think of a family, right? A family situation or family relationships where. Um, a member of, well, I'll use my family. Oh, come on. Exactly. Why not? So, you know, in my 20s, I basically, or my mother and I basically ended our relationship uh, in in an ongoing way that we would basically not have a relationship. And so that, you know, that's... Did you verbalize that at the time? Um, Did the two of you I have a verbal agreement? it was done in writing more so than verbally. Ah, but there was communication. Yes, yeah, but there was be. communication. And um, Did it involve you're an idiot and, and I'm leaving you? No, not that? No. <laughs> oh, that's a good trick. And, um, and then that, that led to clarity in, based on actions that really that was the way it was going to be. Ah. And um, and but the reason I bring it up now is not about me and her. I was what came to mind was as a result of that how it impacted my conversations and my relationships with my brothers and sisters. Ah, the ripple effect. Because there was this, I had a clear sense that this is the right decision. And at that point, you know, I wasn't even attached to for the rest of my life, but I know this is the right decision. 
and I had one brother and one sister who, you know, it created some conflict between us because they couldn't imagine making that choice. They couldn't imagine, you know, they had all their reasons why it was a bad choice right. and why I was a bad daughter right. for basically granting my mother what she said she wanted and that it wasn't for me, you know, that, that you just can't do that. Your mother initiated this? Don't get distracted. <laughs> Because that makes it an interesting story. It is in my an, mind, you initiated the It is an interesting story. But yeah, I think we have time. We would love to know. No, we uh-huh. don't. Well, we're, yeah, we're not going there. <laughs> and so, but it created this sense of conflict because, you know. With relationships I, that you cared about, in other words, your brothers and your sisters. And, and so that is conflict. It's a disagreement. It's uh-huh. a standing in a different place on the same issue mm-hmm. or the same situation. Right. And for me, I listened mm-hmm. respectfully to all of their advice and concern. Mm-hmm. And I actually, I took it in. I didn't just, like, listen, drumming my fingers on the desk like, I already okay, know what I know. Yeah. shut up. Um, and every time I would still come back to the inner guidance that was for you to live a life you love and to be peace in the world and to be loved in the world, this is not a person who you should have in your life because you you will be, well you you will be spending you know fifty percent of your income for the rest of your life in with a psychotherapist <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that you, psychotherapist need that fifty percent of your income you will not have other relationships because you're <laughs> attending to this which is not really a relationship you know all the list right and but every time the the the, the guidance would come. Right. The intu- intuitive guidance would come that, in some ways, what I was doing was respecting, you know, my parents, whatever, in the Ten Commandments about <laughs> honor your parents or your elders. Um, that I I could respect her better and more authentically by allowing her to be the person she was, but I could not be the person I am. So I, but I would listen. So what happened long term, short term, there was a lot of tension and conflict. But long term, and I don't mean it took 15 years. I mean like you know three years down the line, five years down the line, and beyond. I had a really positive relationship with every one of my sisters and brothers. Oh, nice. And they be. They didn't, still didn't, two of them still didn't agree. Probably three of them of the four didn't agree with my choice, but they respected me for not making them wrong, for not making my mother wrong, uh-huh. for not, it didn't become a conflict battle in the way I carried it. Yes. It was a choice. Right. And you can make your own choice. Like, you know, I remember saying that to um to one of my sisters, you know, you can still choose to be in relationship with her. I don't have a problem with that. If that works for you and and you're happy with it, great. I'm just making a different choice so I can have a life that worked for me. But, yeah. And, and that was hard. Uh-huh. But I realized that that taught me, in that experience, I learned a lot. And at the time, I was in a relationship with a man whose family is super, 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 super close and loving and lovey-dovey and affectionate and all of that. And what was interesting even there was it didn't feel like I was doing a comparison. It's like that's his family and that's how they operate. And now I'm a part of that family and I'm learning to operate in that way. They do exist, those families that are. Yeah, and they have their own dysfunction, <laughs> you know, own 
kinds of dysfunction because it's real easy to slip into codependency in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just a different. So I was able to hold that as a different experience, a different way of doing family, <clears throat> and, you know, I didn't have to make the conflict, like it wasn't about choosing right. between being a part of one family or the other because I was still a part of my own family just in a different way. So I I think you can, you're going to have conflict anytime you have two people, let alone four, six, three hundred, four thousand. Did you just say you're going to have conflict? Yeah. You have, did you just like claim that? Did you speak that into existence? Yes. In the human experience, there is, a, there is such a thing called conflict. <laughs> but how we stand in it and right. how we hold ourselves and how we allow others mm-hmm. determines, in my mind, determines whether it is, well, I get to choose whether I'm going to engage in this as conflict or simply as an experience. Like, am I going to bring spiritual principle to it? Right. And 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 therein lies the... Um whether it's experienced as conflict or if it's experienced through the eyes of understanding. Um, I've had a chance recently to work with a a client who um, ultimately did kind of exactly what you're saying you did with your mom, and initially there was a a lot of attention in therapy about she was working a lot on how, you know, mom was so non-responsive and mom had not responded to some childhood trauma and mom was all about mom and mom. And in my mind, I'm you know I'm the resolver, right? I'm thinking you know just bring mom in here, we'll figure it out. You know it'll it'll it'll, it'll uh, and mom really wanted to be a part of this person's life now. You know they're in their late twenties, and so okay, you know let's start again. Let's you know turn a page. And so the client said yes, I'm willing. Mom comes in, sort of this you know moment of transformation where everybody kind of cries the client's still a little hesitant but mom seems real engaged and you know comes up with because mom tends to kind of say one thing and do another so we write it all out what the communication is going to be like how you know and mom is like oh thank god you're back in my life this is great and like within three weeks mom's like texting saying you know i can't believe you made me sign that contract and you're just gonna have to take care of yourself and you're blaming me for all your life's problems (laughs) it's like Wow, that was quick. Yeah, that was really quick. And so, but what I love about this particular client is when when they were texting me, you know, said they they actually made the distinction. They said, you know, now I'm going to uh, eat some chocolate and take a nap and be really grieving and feeling that, and then my higher self will pick up tomorrow, and you know, I'll I'll carry on. So I thought, wow, you That's know, isn't nice. that fantastic to be able to say, okay, this is a, just a well, gut hurts, hurt. Right? Yeah, you know, this is like getting kicked in the gut. So I'm going to experience this on this human level, but then I, even in that moment of experiencing it on the human level, I am aware that there's a bigger picture, there's more, you know, and that, that will kick in. And so I thought, wow, oh, right, I will give myself to that. Yeah. And I have to have the human experience because right. I am... Human. In the flesh. And that and you know, and I think that's really interesting because so often we we do spiritual bypass. Really, that's right. what it is. We right. say, Oh well, you know, all there is is God and so I'm just not gonna be affected by this. Right. Well that's crap. You are affected by it because you are having the human experience. So acknowledge that, right. attend to that, that but you don't allow it to... Energetic flow. Right, through. right. And, but you don't allow it to be right. who you are for the rest of your life. Right. So a lot of times, yeah, I do that with, I do with myself and I do it with clients. So I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. how long right. are you going... It, it's, gr- it's okay that you're feeling what you're feeling. Right. I want you to feel what you feel. I want you to be clear about what it is you feel. Because we have feelings. We are human. Damn it. And how long are you willing, you know, what do you think is a reasonable time to feel? Right. To allow that feeling to guide what you do and say. And stated like that, like with your client, it might Mm -hmm. be, okay, today. Today. And then tomorrow morning, I'll 
open myself to a, a different perspective, a uh, different guidance. But sometimes it's, um, you know, I have a, a friend who had a really, really difficult breakup of a relationship, was part of a really challenging breakup. And the, they have been together as a couple for a long, long time. And, you know, she had some friends who after about three months were like, get over it. Come on. It's over. That person doesn't want to be with you anymore. Just like get with the program. Go out and find somebody new. Have some fun. And, you know, and they weren't there yet. They were still, you know, she was still in a grieving process. And the grieving process might take, it might take three hours, three days, three months, three years. You know, three decades would be a long time. Actually, you know, you grieve for the rest of your life, but in a way where it keeps you for, from not functioning and not doing what's mm-hmm. in your own best interest. Mm-hmm. You know, it has a limited shelf life mm-hmm. before it becomes self-destructive and self, self-sabotaging. But, you know, I thought... You know, someone who's been in a relationship, all in, in a relationship for a long time, for a decade or 15 years or 20 years, if they were truly in the relationship, Uh even if there were some bad things, you stayed in the relationship because the good outweighed the bad. Right. So that is a process, and everybody needs their own time. But I would still ask the question, you know, so how long are you going to give yourself to get to the next step, a next step, do something different? And, you know, I might be, okay, at the end of this month, you know. Right. But you set that intention, and then you're not trapped by the conflict. You're not trapped by the challenge. You are starting to make intentions to shift. One thing, just shift one thing. And I can remember um, periods of time, you know, when I can get pretty dark and pretty into the darkness. And it's always such a huge difference for me when I am able to see that I'm in the darkness yes. versus becoming the darkness. Yes. And that seems to me to be, for my own personal journey, kind of the the telling thing, whether I'm completely, you know, covered up by becoming the darkness, or if I see, oh, man, I'm in a dark spot. And it's kind of, um, you know, that Eckhart Tolle moment when he's saying, you know, I'm going to kill myself, and he got that flash that, well, who am I killing myself? That's like two different kinds of things. And, And I think that, for me keeps me above the fray of the conflict. If I can remember in the moment even, and I do think this is possible, you know, even in the moment of conflict, I can still not lose my ability to understand this is a human experience and this is really difficult and this is really, but, you know, everybody's doing the best we can at this moment and nobody's, you know, rarely do we wake up in the morning and, you know, say, today I'm going to destroy the world. You know, it's it's out of our own pain, it's out of our own whatever that we, um, you know, create that kind of physical or that human, that M, little M mind conflict. Yeah, and in a, a recent situation where I was in the, involved in not so much mediating conflict, but having to, you know, help make help make a decision, but at the same time listen to <coughs> dissenting voices, mm-hmm. you know, people not really agreeing with or having questions and concerns all along the way. And it felt like, well, one thing I kept going back to is a, it's a phrase I use all the time. There are no sides in the circle of God. <laughs> and, I mean, I've used that for a long time, and it comes up a lot. Uh-huh. Like, you know, well, I live and breathe in the circle of God. 
that God is a circle that has no that's so big you can never identify the circumference, right? Right. And I am a part of that circle. So a square has sides, but a circle does not. So I'm I never I try to never get caught up in this idea that my it's my side and your side on an issue. I I put an image in my head of I'm standing on a circle on the on you know, on the circumference of of the circle I can see, which is the circle of whatever that issue is. And maybe you're standing what looks like on the opposite, what is the opposite side of the circle. But in a square, in order to reach you, you know, in theory, visually, it's like, oh, I have to come across. I have to come all the way across. Or oh. I have to come meet in the middle. Mm-hmm. But with a circle, I have this image of if I take one step this way and you take one step this way, we've lessened the distance between us. Uh-huh. You know, yes, and right. we can keep getting closer and closer and I can at least understand you and it doesn't feel so big. So I I find myself using that a lot, that there is there are no sides in the circle of God. And then I was looking for I was looking for some kind of spiritual guidance that would help me and found this um little self-meditation written by Ernest Holmes. Um, in the Science of Mind textbook near the back, there's a whole section that is self-meditations. And, nice. And I have found uh, often that I can find one of those and then, like, read it out loud two or three times before I drop into maybe just a five-minute meditation. Mm-hmm. But I read that and then go into meditation. It's like, oh, that's really good. <clears throat> so this one for me, really came up in that situation, and it's a self-meditation titled No Misunderstandings. There are no misunderstandings. All is made clear between the ideas of good. No false sense of separation can come between people nor disturb the realization of the unity of all life. I perceive that I am one with all people, and all are one with me. There is no separation. Well, that would make it sound like that there doesn't have to be any conflict. There are no misunderstandings. There are just many ideas of good with a capital G. There are just the many ideas of God expressing in each of these individual people. That would seem to imply that I don't have to be in conflict if I live in that space. So I think so I it's it's that's such a great example for me of of what always often happens with us and that is <laughs> well it all depends on how you define the words differently that no, I'm wrong and you're right no <laughs> that we're both right and I think we both express kind of not and not even opposite views to me it's just the example of the definition like we have different definitions of work yeah. Right, or, or what comes with the word work, toil, and so, <laughs> and I think not joy and purpose, <laughs> right? So with really conflict, I don't have if I don't have an emotional tie to it. Mm-hmm. So conflict for me just means like this line of there are many ideas of God or there are many ideas of good, and they they're different views. Conflict means that they're different views and people are not agreeing on the views. And and then depending on how they perceive that, do they fight about it? Do they worry about it? Do they get their self-identity from it? Do they demand other things? The action that, that is taken as a result of the different views and and your definition seems to include <laughs> that that's a given. If there is conflict, that means there is the disagreement, the fighting, the, you know, the mm-hmm. wrong-making, right-making. Right, wrong, yes. And for me, it's like conflict exists. It's going to exist because there are all these different individual expressions of God showing up. What do I do when that happens? I listen and I get clear. In fact, conflict, in my opinion, helps me get clear about who I am mm. and how I choose to be in the world. Conflict brings 
me to make a choice, but my choice is not against you. My choice is me being more in alignment with God as I understand God to be. Here's a ponder. You ready for a really deep ponder? I actually feel the need for like a drum roll. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I have this idea now that I'm thinking about that there's no conflict for me with you unless there's conflict for me within me about whatever we're talking about. Wow. Now that's interesting, and I, and I have a story that's come to mind that makes me think of this. That is deep. That is really deep, 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 isn't it? And I love and it. my uh, story would be my, my favorite story of conflict, my mother. And... Um, she uh, is a ha- just a just a I don't even have words, but she's just hard to bear. <laughs> so we could say, you get a haircut and oh Leslie, you know what were you thinking? How did you let them do that to your hair? You know you come home from college and you don't have makeup on and oh gosh Leslie, what are you doing? You don't have makeup on. It's just this constant kind of underflow of. Appointment, you're not what I thought, this is terrible, you just, you know, constant and really overt, real direct kind of, you're not meeting my expectations. The idea was for you to go to SMU and marry a man and get to Highland Park, you know, really out loud, you know, some of these things parents are supposed to keep to themselves. But all through my growing up, really direct, really negative, blah, blah, blah. And I, growing up, Always loved my mom. She cooked. We just, you know, she just, and she was just funny to me. She was just quirky. And, oh, you know, and my sisters were in huge conflict. I can't believe she said that. I can't believe. And they would just huff off and go to their room. And I'd be like, you know, oh, isn't that sad? You know, I mean, I just had this sort of whatever. I was like, wow, you know, mom's just sort of even, I mean, I didn't verbalize this in my mind, but on some level, even as a dad, I was like, mom's a nut. But she's a great cook, and she she's kind of interesting, and she knows these things, and she reads the paper, and, you know, we can have these intellectual conversations as they grew older. And so I had this real flowing relationship with my mother, and it was fantastic. And my sisters had this huge conflictual relationship, and I was always kind of pondering by that. And so then when I get in my mid-20s, and I am struggling in my spiritual way, in my life, with becoming becoming with accepting that I'm a lesbian and accepting that this is going to be mine and not wanting that. You know, I wanted to go to SMU and marry the man living on the park. You know, at some level, I thought, oh, that's a good idea. That's a good plan. And then kind of having to come to this understanding that that's not going to be my life experience. You know, that I am a gay person. I have brown eyes. And um, so within this conflict, then coming out to my mother and my mother saying, you know, it would have been better to kill yourself in 12th grade than to actually be a lesbian, which, again, is something a parent should never say out loud. But that moment, conflict arose. Who yeah. the hell is she? How could she say that? What is wrong with her? And I just got furious, right? And I attacking, and you know, and, and it's never recovered. And that was 23 years ago or something, right? Everything else now that mother says about my hair, oh, how horrible. What an evil thing to say. How could you say that? What a ridiculous. But because of the conflict within me, suddenly I have conflict with her. And um, and I think that's a really interesting ponder. You know, I I think you're brilliant. Ooh. And I think Oh wait, let's say that again. <laughs> I choke on my water. <laughs> you think I'm what? And really <laughs> Start the show with that next week. I know better. Mm-hmm. I know better. Mm-hmm. I know to monitor what I'm going to say. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, I, I do. I think I think that is right on target. And and then as you were talking, I thought how interesting that is. Both, you know, as I reflect on the relationship or lack thereof with with my mother, and how along the way. There have been things where, you know, a cousin will say, or, you know, a cousin will say, um, either express their judgment or a different time. You know, I was featured in an article in Money Magazine, uh, I don't know, I guess about 15 years ago. And, um, and apparently there was this kind of mini family reunion. Ooh. 
like the month the magazine came out. I mean, is that perfect timing or what? Because I didn't go. I didn't have a reunion, yeah. Right. I I don't even think I knew about it. Um, But if I did know about it, I just chose not to go because, you know, I knew my mother would be there. Um, But I don't think I knew about it until like the week it was happening and somebody mentioned they were going. And one of my cousins was talk. I was talking to her the week after, and she was like, "Yeah, your mother was walking around, you know, with her copy of the magazine. Wow! Turned to the page, you know, where the article was, and showing everybody the picture of her daughter that she was so proud of. Wow! And for that, she hadn't seen in twenty years. (laughs) Yeah, probably at that point. yeah, at that point, it, yeah, it had been 20 years. And um, and I, for a flash second, you know, there was that reaction of, how could she say she's proud of me? She didn't get to claim my success. And, and, <laughs> and but it, no, it was really more like how hypocritical right. is that? that she would, like, act as if, act as if mm-hmm. she has a loving relationship with her daughter right. and is proud of her, knowing that she's never said that to me ever, even before, <laughs> like, you know, for 25 years. But literally within less than 60 seconds, I mean, you know, as it came up, mm-hmm. because there's no com- there was no conflict in me yes. about my relationship with her, what came out of my mouth was, I find that really very interesting. And then I just changed, you know, what else happened? You know, what else happened? But there was no conflict within you about that issue. about that Right, and that's why we were talking. It's like, Uh oh, so I had a flash response that was irritation, but because I'm really, I'm not in conflict, I didn't have to, I didn't get stuck on make, making her a hypocrite or, right. or feeling really bad. Right. And it was gone just as quickly as it came uh-huh. up because uh-huh. it's like, well, she might be she might be proud of who I have become and how would I know that? And her, her um, judgment, positive or negative, really has no impact. Like I don't desire approval that kind of stuff, so from her. And so it's like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. It's interesting. Uh-huh. I, it's really funny. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but I also think about that, if there's no conflict within me, there can be no conflict. If there's no conflict within me, there uh-huh. can be no conflict in the situation right. or, or the relationship. That's curious, isn't it? And I, I just see that in all kinds of ways. In our practitioner council, mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm not feeling conflict about how I'm showing up, I can take in mm-hmm. the criticisms and complaints mm-hmm. of everybody else and not get hooked, right? Mm-hmm. I don't bite that hook right. because I feel like I'm expressing what's important to me and right. I'm making a choice. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm standing... Firmly in kingdom two, consciousness, and I'm not going to drop down into kingdom one victimhood consciousness. Mm -hmm. And, you know, same thing as a member of the leadership council for Centers for Spiritual Living. I can, I can, there will be conflict. Right, because there's four hundred. There's four hundred forty. There will be disagreement. <laughs> ah, now there you go. Okay. okay. So for me, conflict and ah, disagreement are go. similar, and then you choose. But so I'll switch the language because I agree with you that most people define conflict and see the battle and the taking of negative. Yeah, yeah. So there, there will be differing ideas, opposing right. thoughts. And, yes. But that does not have to. Yes, now we're there. Okay, I can, and that does not have to be conflict. And so the Ernest Holmes quote, there, there are no go. misunderstandings, but there are different opinions yes. and different experiences. But I don't, just because I disagree with you doesn't mean I misunderstand you. Right. 
And so my goal is, is to understand where you're coming from, understand what I believe, and there may not be there may not be agreement, but there can still be understanding. Right. And Ooh, that's really appreciation. Good diversity Should stuff. we say that's brilliant? I think that was brilliant, Tracy. That was brilliant. There may not be agreement. She's writing, just in case you know, they didn't want to take the radio <laughs> Well, you could There may talking. not be agreement. So what was the rest of it? But there, but that doesn't mean there's no understanding. Ah. Did you write down what I said that was brilliant? I did. Oh, very good. Okay. Thank you. And you know what's that's interesting is going back to your visual of the circle, I guess then I'm thinking, you know, I could be standing on one side of the circle, the other person on the other side of the circle, and there still doesn't even have to necessarily be even any movement towards each other to be an acceptance of the understanding of the of the of the two, you know, apparent the polar opposite kind of experiences of the same thing, but there doesn't have to be disruption. You know, it's an interesting thing, working with the women in the jail, our program is what they call trauma-informed, and uh, which basically means the curriculum and the different things that we do is geared towards people who have experienced some sort of trauma. And so I'm fascinated, you, women will come in and say, well, you know, I wasn't sexually abused, or I wasn't physically abused, but, you know, my mom was a heroin addict and in jail, and I had to live with grandma, and she was, you know, couldn't do anything. And, and so it made me kind of ponder my own definition of trauma, because I, too, kind of thought oh, it has to be very dramatic and, you know, chained to a bed or, you know, held with help. <laughs> but um, what I have come up with my own definition of trauma is it's any disruption of the natural flow of good that is the design of life. So any disruption of that is trauma. It's, you know, a bruise is a trauma. You know, it doesn't have to be like slice your arm off to be traumatized. You know, a disruption, a hitting causes a reaction. Especially if it's repetitive or consistent over a long period of time. Yes, and you're three and you don't have the coping mechanisms of an adult mind to, you know, unlock the understanding of it. So, so, um, when I think about this in terms of, you know, conflict, you know, it can, there, there can be differing opinions, but there doesn't have to be disruption. It doesn't have to be, um, uh, you know, again, like we said all along, you're right, I'm wrong. Am I always wrong when I say that? Other people would say, you're wrong, I'm right. My instinct is to say, you're right and I'm wrong. I've got to change that. I think I'm right and you're wrong. If I was going to be in conflict. Never mind. Okay, so. So. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a choice, and I like the concept of understanding that conflict seems to be taking it to a level of where the where the discord becomes um, in unpleasant. You know that that that, uh, and and that's a twelve step. That's a huge twelve step kind of concept. You spot it, you got it, kind of idea that you know if something's causing difficulty outside of me, if I'm seeing two people gossiping or something and I'm really charged up about it, like all my friends and say, you know, oh, I just you know, <laughs> hate that they're such gossipers, you know. <laughs> right. And so then that means that it's within me because I'm so charged about it externally. So that kind of goes to that idea that what, what, whatever, you know, that I feel this, this hook for or this conflict arising, then you know, then I can stop and say, okay, what is inside of me? What is this reminding me of? What am I, you know, what is that hook? And look at that. I have it in my mouth. Don't bite down. Don't bite down. Don't bite down. You know, because once I bite down, it's over. <laughs> Let the game begin. Let the fish go. Blah, blah. Fight um, the hook. I'm, I, I think I will be using that, you know, don't bite the hook. Yeah, that um, was... That was brilliant of my friend, wasn't it? The one that, the phrase that I have used for a long time that's similar to that is um, the quote, and I believe it's uh, Will Bowen who, and I think that's his name, who wrote the book that you're guided, you know, if you can go 30 days without complaining and, mm. you know, the band. Anyway, I think that's who the wow. book's from. Wow, Ed Bowen, Will Bowen. I'd have to look up to be specific. But um, the quote that I have used from him for quite a while is, 
you don't have to show up for every fight you're invited to. <laughs> right. That it, yeah, you don't have to show up to every fight you're invited to. Right. That, you know, people right. will approach you in a way right. that the human instinct would be to fight or to yeah. be in conflict, mm-hmm. to, to prove that you're right, right. or to demonstrate that they're mm-hmm. wrong or mm-hmm. to defend your position. Right. And you know what? Sometimes you can choose to do that. And other times, you, excuse me, you can choose not to. Right. That I am always a choice. And sure, you know, if I'm in a leadership role and I've made a decision and, and people are saying why, I can listen, I can hear that why is just I'm looking for an explanation mm-hmm. so I can be on the same page with you. Or I can assume you're trying to, you disagree. I can assume you disagree mm-hmm. and we're going to fight about it right. or we're going to debate it right. and I have to give you all the facts. I have to line up my side. But if I come to that with, even if you started with, I think you're really wrong, Mm -hmm. and explain to me why you did this. I can still stand in the place of, you know, Rumi, there's a field beyond wrong or right, I'll meet you there. Oh, I like that. There's a field beyond right doing and wrong doing, I'll meet you there. Oh, that's fantastic. And um, so if I'm standing in that place, then I I can share with you. Right. Here was my thinking, and here is what's behind this, behind the scenes. Since okay. you've asked, okay. I'm really happy you right. asked, right. Right. and um, and I can give you that information. Yes, I can even ask: Is there other information that you think I should have that could impact this? <laughs> And you know what I'm thinking? They'll just irritate the crap out of them. If they're really hooked, you know, if they're really, you know, they want the fight, right? They want that fight. They're looking to get you in that ring. And, and there's only one way, back. your way or my way. <laughs> right. And if you kind of just, you know, go with the, the flow of their energy, that sadly would make them even more disrupted, right? Yeah, Possibly. And it's, and it and it is you know I, again it's a it's a like it's an element of how long do I you know stay out of awareness of what's happening and how long do I and what a um, what an opportunity for me as I have my sister in town from Virginia and we're having all family events what an opportunity for me because now I I just love being a lesbian it's the best part of my life right. So it's an opportunity for me to, to not to bite my mother's hook. We may have gone too far. It might not be possible, really, actually. But, you know, I like the idea that I could have, you know, 20 minutes with my mother without saying, you know, oh, you're 90, please die already, in my mind, you know. So to be able to see this as a chance to say, okay, I don't have any conflict about my homosexuality, and it continues to be so sadly, you know, a huge disappointment to my mother. And so I can feel that and know that energy exists for her. And because I don't have that conflict anymore, why am I still biting that book to a seat ground? Why? 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 Why can't I just laugh it off like I did when I was in high school go, oh, she's quirky. Look at mom. That's silly. My sisters are slamming the doors and screaming, and I'm like, oh, that's just mom. She's a nut. Who cares? Let's have ice cream. <laughs> I could go back to that. It seems to me you have just said an intent. <laughs> I have an opportunity. An intent exactly right. Exactly right. And we know that once an intention yes. is set with clarity and <laughs> conviction. <laughs> That's right. That then change can happen. Absolutely. Something different can come to me if I make that choice. That's an interesting. Wow, this is real life. Let's see. We'll see. We'll see. Yee. Hmm. You know, it's funny because I have now, you know, to flash forward and, you know, one sister that's really connected to mother, you know, now. And, and it's interesting to see how my sister's relationships have changed with her over time as well. <clears throat> that whole thing about family, you know, they're with you until you, you know, even in some way, even no physical contact with your mother, there's still that energy. Oh, yeah, connection. because it's family. Yeah. I mean, it's still, and, 
And that, you know, is interesting because for probably the first seven or eight years, there was always kind of this walking on eggshell. The sense I had was that, especially the sister and brother who continued to be really close to her, mm-hmm. um, that there was a little bit of walking on eggshells. Like they didn't feel they could even like mention her. I wish the movie was a long oh, conversation. Sorry. I mean, they, you know, it, it was obvious <laughs> that it was they would go around, you know, the barn or, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's cute. Or that they would just not bring up anything. And and that continued to some degree in terms of, I mean, we all do that with everybody we talk to. We select, what do I think this person will be interested in? Yes. And they knew that I really wasn't particularly interested in, like, the day-to-day experience. Right. So that was natural. Um, but it was awkward for a while, but yeah, but you know, to see that relationship, um, the relationship shift mm-hmm. over over time, and for there to, you know, them to get to a point where they didn't have to, they realized they didn't have to edit out yes. things. They have to change their... Right, that I didn't have any expression of whatever they of were them, that yeah. they would have. Right, I know they have a great relationship mm-hmm. with her, and so that I'm happy for them mm-hmm. as long as they're happy. Now, what they knew they could not ever do if they were not happy with her, I was not the person to come and talk to about the things that she said or the things that she did that made them mad. You know, because all I was going to say was, well, so. What are you going to do about that? <laughs> you know, how are you going to choose to show up? Right, right, right. How are you going to resolve that? And if you're not going to do anything different, then why are you complaining Don't about trying. it? Don't yeah. Well, not, not even from the, you know, judgmental part, but from the standing almost almost neutrally because now I'm not enmeshed. Right, you don't have something. I'm not enmeshed anymore. So... You know, you are the one who are, who who is that choice. I'm the youngest child. So, you know, it was always easy for me to say, you are older, you have more experience. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, so it is it is different, and, and it is a good, um, it's actually a good example, too, of even growing up. We just had different experiences. Well, your siblings are older, some of them, right? Yeah, much they're older. much older. And so when they were little kids, the relationship they had with my parents and as a family, as a nuclear family, was very different than what my experience was 10, 12, and 14 years later because the family was in a different situation, mm-hmm. a different place. Um, and so, um, you know, I grew up in a very different family scenario than they did. So they had a different, even foundational even, level. Yeah, mom was different. Mom was crazy with you. <laughs> mom was not crazy with them. Yes. And um, and uh, and always, I think one of the reasons I was was because after I got into adulthood, I could see all the factors that were different that yeah. made her show up the way that she showed up and made me show up the way that I showed up. So... Like oh okay, it's not a sad thing when it's a choice and not a victimhood yes. on both sides. Yes, right. So conflict is um, is something that we can choose. Interesting, yes. To yeah. in, or we can have a different perspective mm-hmm. when we say, say yes. Yes. Wow. <laughs> I have to come back around to that. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. And so we love that when that happens. Yeah, yeah. That's all the time we have to talk about conflict. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> so check out the archives and look at other topics and see what you would like to engage with with Leslie and Tracy. Until we meet again, say yes, yes to spirit.
Alexa, play Whitney Houston. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.